got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show. Today we're going to talk about carrier sales, about negotiation, about selling those loads, getting those loads covered. My name's Kevin Hill, here as always with the Dooner. How are you doing today, Dooner? Yeah, what's up, man? It's Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Podcast for closers. Excited to talk about carrier sales, that art of negotiation, right? We'll discuss uh, how to select carriers, weed out bad methods for sourcing, and define what really matters during those negotiations. But I'm even more excited because we're joined by Jake McLeod. He uh, is a viewer of this show, right? Supporter of this show, but he's also... Mm-hmm. The CCO at RPM, and Jake has experience and education on both sides of the bun. He's a Michigan Wolverine, like Rodney Dangerfield, Kevin Hill. He went back to school. He went back to school to EMU, and he got his master's in supply chain management. He's worked for XBO, Ryder, and RPM, so he's got that education, and he's got that experience. He's going to bring a lot to the table today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Jake uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, getting his take on carrier sales and the importance of... Uh, of the art of negotiation, all those gross margin dollars uh, as a freight broker you need to have, how to negotiate a good deal that works out well for both you and your carrier is is so important. And it is something that uh, you can see done really badly in places and really well in others. And Jake says, what's up, everyone? He's already in the comments, right? Chris Jolly says, looking forward to today's show. Sheena Dave, good morning, everybody. Wayne Craig, hey, guys, from the uh, Wilds, Wildersville, Tennessee. Rhonda says, good uh, good Wednesday, everybody. And uh, yeah, all right, guys, thanks for joining us. If you're in the comments, tell us where, let us know where you're coming in from. But right now, we got to give a little tip to the band right here. This month's Put That Coffee Down is supported by HubTech. HubTech just launched Tabby, and Tabby is a new task automation bot that helps you focus on what really matters. Kevin Hill, to learn more, you got to go to gohubtech.com. That sounds awesome. Automate automate what you can. Get, get your guys on the phone talking to carriers, negotiating rates. It's much better than, than data entry and all the other things that, that go, those, these tedious tasks. Automate them. Tabby's a, a great tool. Go check out HubTech. Eric Serta says, uh, my optometrist called and had a cancellation. So, of course, I'm sitting in the lobby. I'll catch this afternoon. What a great show, guys. Yeah, if you missed the live show, these are always on demand. You can look it up on your favorite podcast player. Put that coffee down or look up Freightcast. You'll get every single Freightways podcast. Or, of course, download the free Freightways TV app. Throw it up on your Roku. Throw it up on your little Apple TV over there. Throw it up on your Fire Stick. And you'll be watching us. Exciting stuff. By the way, uh, let's see here. Brian Ritchie, he says, I'm glad that Michael Vincent isn't hosting today. Michael Vincent doesn't host Put That Coffee Down. People, people confuse you and him very often. There's an interchangeability. But you know what? People, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, bad marketing. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. I've been, uh, I, I, I just got like the Peloton. I've been doing the exercises on it. And they have the instructors. And one of the guys on there, he plays a lot of like Backstreet Boys music and uh, like, <laughs> like that kind of music. And he'll always be like, when you're riding the bike, he'll be like, give it away. Give it away to the crowd. Exciting stuff. I don't know. I don't know I, if it's I, worth I, it. I, I it's keeping me motivated. You, you riding your bike, listening to the Backstreet Boys. 
Uh, you know, it, it's a new it's a new phase for me. I kind of like the scenic rides. I get to put my own like metal on and all that kind of stuff. But you know, we'll, we'll see what we're doing. I'm on a, a quest to lose a little of uh, this COVID weight and get in shape. So we'll see how that thing treats me. I got an equal amount of their stock when I got this thing. So hopefully that offsets uh, all the costs and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully it does. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's a stock split soon and the valuation just goes up. Oh, oh well, sure. I'll, although yeah. if you look at Tesla today and you look at Apple... Tesla is down about 13%, Apple down about 6%. So I think some of those people are looking at all their shares in Robinhood right now. They realize that their valuation wasn't, uh, you know, quintupled with a four-way split. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe now's a good time to pull some of that money out. And then you know what happens. When people start seeing it going down like 13 15%, 20%, people start selling in mass. So uh, sell, be sell, careful. Sell, sell. Yeah, be careful on that other side of the split. That's, that's my advice to you. Also, be careful if you're going to do some influencer marketing. So today in bad marketing... We're going to talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> about influencers, right? And copy. Copy and influencers, two important things. Our example today is uh, this Instagram marketer. It looks like uh, this guy here. I think we have a picture of it, too. It says, uh, let the Lord be with you. I think he's a hand model, actually. I'm not too familiar with this guy. But uh, he did it the old. Like, it, looks, it looks like Scott or, or Hoover's the Kardashians' exes. Is he? Is he also a hand model? Right? I don't know. Okay. Well, he says uh, he copied the entire company from the marketing team that said they said, uh, here you go at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Write the below caption. Keeping up with the summer workout routine with my morning Butak protein shake. And, uh, you know, he just put the whole copy there. Really uh, stood out to everyone. So, you know, what? before you go post things or you have your team post things on the Instagram or the Twitter, make sure you read what you're posting beforehand. Yeah, you know, proofreading is uh, is very handy. You know, get another set of eyeballs on there. You don't want to send out emails with with bad headlines or headlines or, or two, uh, and you forget to mail merge in the, the first name or or you have subject left on 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 headlines. You don't want to do any of those things. So always proofread. Haley Fazio, oh, the girls in the comments are upset. They said this is Haley Fazio says that's Courtney's ex Scott. Come on, guys. Well, Kevin Hill, I think knew that, and Sheena is is saying that. That's because you've been hanging out with Sheena too much. She uh, she gets you. Uh, what's, what's Scott's last name? I, I can't remember. I have no. I don't even know who this guy is, other than he needs to look at his copy before he posts I think, it. I think uh, I think Courtney Kardashian's ex husband, or, or I don't know. Emily says it's Scott Disick, and he loves hummingbirds. There you go. <laughs> I guess so. All right, let's get to does some. Like the fire crown. Does he love the fire crown species of, of hummingbirds or breed, or, or I don't even know what, what you call it. By the way, congratulations to the Freightways TV team. We just launched a thing called Hummingbird Media. Uh, Haley Fazio is in the comments as well. That is our new virtual events platform. Fire we, yeah, Fire Crown. We do virtual events for, for other people now. So if you've liked the Freightways events, we can bring that to you and your organization. Talk to Haley Fazio to figure out how to get on that tip. Uh, I think we just had our first event yesterday. It went very very well. It was on a, a private channel. It's kind of white labeled. It wouldn't necessarily be on Freightways TV, that kind of thing. But if you're interested in taking your events to the next level and having that TV presentation, Haley Fazio in the comments. All right, man, let's get to some quotes, right? Talking about negotiation. Yeah. Here's one for you. A negotiator should observe everything. You must be part Sherlock Holmes and part Zygmunt Freud. That is from Victor Cam. Exactly right. You need the information, but you have to know what the other side's thinking, what they're feeling, what their goals are. It's all about asymmetric and symmetric information when you're negotiating. Heli uh, Fazio. Oh, is she mad? I'm calling her Fazio. Heli Fazio. <laughs> there's an I in there. 
It's not. Fa- I've always said it's Fazio. I guess it's just Fazo. All right. Anyways, <laughs> and here's another one. I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it further. That is from uh, Darth Vader. So sometimes you got to be careful in negotiations if you don't if you don't hold all the power. <laughs> you you have to be very careful. You be, be very careful. You don't want to uh, that have anyone with the power of Darth Vader lording over you and, and being able to alter the deal or, or or hold you hold you in handcuffs. So. <laughs> so always think about that with carriers sometimes. Yeah, especially if you're trying to put uh, Halle Fazio in uh, in the uh, carbonite. That's just hell- I didn't <laughs> know that. I didn't know the uh, the comment section was going to be turning on us so bad today. Usually they're very friendly, but today we got a couple a couple <laughs> troublemakers in there, like Potty Melt Phil and Emily Zink, starting a, a little uh, a little trouble in the back end. Uh, all right, all right, let's get a sales hot tip. We'll still give it to you. We're still going to give you a good show, even if you're making fun of us in the comments. So you know, keep firing away. We'll bring it. Sales hot tip. All right. So this is a good tip for me. Be open to learning and challenging held beliefs. So my long held belief was that it was Fazio because that I, but apparently it's Fazo. Farz. Is it really? Farzio. I always thought it was Fazio too. Farzio. That's what Michael Vincent now says. It's Farzio. Okay. So it's Farzio. Well, Andre Cruz, he's got some things to say about it. He says, Plato once said that knowledge was acquired under compulsion knowledge which is acquired under compulsion obtains no hold on the mind you can build massive results in one year by simply opening your mind for small new things on a daily basis and uh, this is very true right every time you're approaching something new keep your mind open to learn for experience don't just sit there trying to be critical of the instructor or whatever information that you are receiving or else you know you, you may not learn and it's about being receptive exactly right so i went through school i don't know if you went through and had the same uh, aversion to math. You know, all these abstract formulas, I, I can never put it together. But when I had to use math to solve a problem to get to where I'm going, uh, when, when it's not really forced upon me, I'm actively seeking it, it was easy to learn. Yes. All right, man. Let's talk about carrier negotiations. Michael Vincent's now jumping on this, too. How can there? How can it be Farzio? There's not even... A, it's F-A-Z-I-O, right? So if you're looking at an H... So if you want to... Here's a good excuse here. If you want to email her, H... F-A-Z-I-O at FreightWaves.com if you want those virtual events. There's not even an R in there, Michael Vincent, so I'm not even sure how that would work. All right, T.J. Knudsen on I this comment. I right, T.J. Knudsen. T.J. always shares a story, too, when he comments on these posts, and I like that. It makes me think he's a good salesperson because sales is part storytelling. And he yeah. says, uh, when I went from the asset side of the to the brokerage side, I felt I knew so much more and had to negotiate with a carrier. I then spent so much time in brokerage that now being back on the asset side again, I love jumping in and helping find a backhaul. Best one yet was with a broker who thought he was slick, and I commended him. And here's a little example of his negotiation. He always gets a little script. This is him. He goes, he's an owner op, so he's got to be at 1400 Broker says, 1400 would be giving you the kitchen sink. I'll tell you what, I can't give you the whole kitchen sink, but I can give you the faucet, bro. How's 1200 sound? He says, I love it. Slap a Brita filter on that faucet, call it 1300 and let's lock it down. The broker laughs. Ha, ha, ha. Just because you said that, let's do it. LOL. So there you go. Little, uh, just a little I, give and take. It's a great story. You, you know what would make it just a little bit better, Dooner? What? If there's more bros in there. There's only one bro. We're talking about carrier sales, negotiating with carriers. We got we to gotta throw the bros in there as much as possible. Yeah, well, yes, and, and a few Patagonia vests to go with it. 
Well, guys, the reason we decided to do this show today is the market is on fire, capacity is tight, and when that happens, service suffers, right? Loads are rejected, and even worse, scams abound, including double and triple brokering scams. A lot of you have been posting about that. You got fuel scams, you got deposit scams, you get that uh, pistachio heist we talked about on What the Truck. Picking the right carrier, though, is more important than ever, and that was the situation where they picked the wrong carrier, but then got caught with that GPS device. Uh, but, Kevin, do, define carrier sales with me. This is one you picked to put in the playlist, so define carrier sales for, for all of us. Yeah, so, so carry sales. Most of other industries, if you're finding a contractor or a vendor to, to go out and do work for you and you're going to pay them money, they're, they're usually selling you more than you're selling them. But in, in, in transportation, this is what I, I tell people outside, you know, whenever I was doing carrier lists, is like, well, you know, you're doing like advertising, get, getting stuff out, getting their name out or, or putting them in touch with with others so it should be pretty easy making those calls but in trucking it's, it's completely different you're always selling the carrier the, the carrier for the most part has so much demand and, and so much uh tightness in in their operating ratio and their profitability that they're very selective so carrier sales i mean you're actually going out and getting vendors but just because trucking and logistics is is what it is, you're always you're doing more selling to the carrier always than they're doing to to you. It's 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 a, it's a crazy type of uh, you know topsy turvy. If, if you're looking from the outside in, it doesn't really make sense. But inside, uh, you know, we've all been through it, so it makes perfect sense to us. So when you're talking about carrier sales, though, I, you're looking at a lot of different options, right? When you're, when you're out there, I need a carrier. I need to pull this load. Mm-hmm. And the first place that you, you want to start with that, especially if you're an established brokerage, right, are those trusted sources, the carriers that, that you have contracts with, the ones that you, that you know would do a good job, the ones that you're trying to get past capacity from. That's where you're looking first. Uh, a little insight on that. Yeah, those are the, the relationships, relationships that you've built over time. They're the, uh, the known quantities. All you have to do is pick up the phone, talk to them, or shoot them an email. The, the rate's already in place. They're consistent. You know, they're moving stuff for you all the time. You have a really good relationship. Uh, you're calling each other sport and bro and, and, and talking about the weekends with them. And uh, it's a known quantity. You know what service you're going to get. You know how much you're going to pay. It's kind of like a sewing machine type of thing. It's just a nice, easy process, and you can cover a load in 30 seconds and move on to the next thing. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, in freight brokerage. Now, a lot of these trusted partners, they're people that you would, you, in the past, you would have taken out to to sports games, out golfing, or mm-hmm. to some events. Now, I got since a lot of things have gotten virtual, a lot of us aren't flying anymore. Question for the comments section: How are you taking? Uh, how are you taking these trusted partners on those dates now? You know, how are you, how you bringing them out there? Have you figured out new and creative ways? You're in virtual meetups. You're sending them more swag. What, what are you doing to, to foster and further that relationship? Or maybe you're, you're doing nothing, right? Maybe the, your company hasn't figured out a replacement for, I, I don't know, season tickets or whatever it may be. Exactly right. I don't know. That's a really good uh, thing for the, the comments there because I, I, don't know, I don't know what you do now. Do you do Zoom calls with them? I, I, I'm not really sure. That doesn't sound fun, yeah. right? Like a, just like a fun, like I'd rather go to like a sports game with you or play golf than just have like a Zoom call where you say hello. Exactly right. Maybe you're sending out Uber Eats uh, or or dining that or dining dash whatever it's called uh, gift certificates. I, I I don't know. The world's changed. Well, Kevin, let's say, all right, so you've exhausted your trusted sources, right? Again, tough market. You're opening up your sewn dashboard. Wow, it's, it's a really tight market. My trusted sources don't run lanes that well over where I need some freight pulled right now. So you're looking at the load boards. Uh, what goes on there? 
you know, everything goes on in the, the public load boards, right? It, it's like the Wild West. It can be the Wild West. Sometimes it's pretty good. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a good place. It, it's a tool, right? It's not a solution. I, I talked to a lot of uh, freight brokerages uh, out there who spend way too much time on, on load boards, and that's how they source their loads. Though the problem with that, though, is that any of your competitors can take the same load from the same shipper, charge the same rate, and go to the same load board. So use it as a tool. Use it when you need to use it and use it to develop future relationships that you can move into that trusted partner because you can find a lot of really good carriers and partners, future partners on load boards. You can find a lot of people that you block and uh, you write a, uh, a, a, a freight guard report on as well. So it's, it's a lot of it's buyer beware. It's kind of the lemon law in, in economics where all the good loads or I guess the lemon law is all the good used cars are bought and sold on the private market. Because if you have a really good used car, you're going to sell it to your friends or family first. And if you're not if you, if you don't really want to, to to sell it to your friends or family, you're going to go you know, sell it in the, the one or the classifieds or or the car lot. So, all cars out there on the public market are kind of limitish, and you could say the same thing. The same principle applies to load boards. Okay, so a couple of people in the comments too. Uh, the most popular thing so far is. People are using, uh, you know, uh, delivery services, whatever they may be. Liz Wayne, Chris, they're all saying that they are, are delivering meals to a client and having a lunch with them. So they'll have that meal delivered. They'll ask them, well, you know, what they want to order, I, I imagine. And then they have a Zoom call with them. But then uh, Nicole Barrett, she took a little st- a step further. She actually had like an immersive uh, meeting with someone. She, they, they went on a picnic. And I'm wondering if this meant she like literally went on a picnic and like opened up FaceTime. She said she was a Zoom hangout and they, they did a pickup. Wow. Uh, in, all, all interesting and creative ways. Uh, Rob Brucey has uh, gift baskets, and uh, Rhonda says she's swag, sharing pics of family pets, and setting up walking and talking phone calls outdoors. Interesting. So they're all looking for new ways virtually to to bring people with them in something that's more than just like a, a Zoom call to so give some, I guess, some context to it or to some recreation to the activity. Yeah, you know, you have to be creative. So a picnic would be a really good idea. Um, I don't know, it, you know. Some people deliver donuts, right? So you get donut delivery and deliver donuts to, to your customers' locations and like, like you're swinging by on your weekly visit and, and dropping things off. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, but, but that's the great uh, – one of the positive things about this is that the, the people who, are, who figure this out, who figure out how to build relationships in a virtual world uh, with customers and carriers and, and, and the broad audience are going to be the winners going forward. Now, Nicole Barrett, by the way, she is bootstrapping Freight by Nicole. We've been covering her journey on this show. I think she just put out some T-shirts, too, to, uh, to help fund the business. So go over, to, if you're following her on LinkedIn, uh, those of you in the comments, check out what Nicole Barrett has going on with those T-shirts. Kevin, a lot of new tech coming into this space. What's the difference between digital freight matching and the load boards? Uh, not much anymore. Those lines are blurring. Uh, I, I know like, like Trucks Up and Dat are getting into the digital freight matching or the automated freight matching, and uh, there's still works in progress, right? The, uh, to, for a marketplace to work, right, you have to have a lot of sellers and a lot of buyers, and you have to have that scale uh, to where you can go in and, and it operates and it works. And I, I just don't, 
I, it doesn't look like we're quite there yet. I think in the future, in the next uh, five to 10 years, that's where everything's going to try to, to migrate. Uh, but there's a lot of little intricacies in, in loads, you know, whether it's a reefer load that has to be picked up and it's expedited or a hot shot load or, you know, my favorite heavy haul loads, which are very complex. You know, you have to go in and get permits and things. So there's a lot of loads out there that really hard to automate um, and, and automate totally. So I, I don't think the digital freight market marketplaces really have the scale for everyone to, to, to operate, but maybe in the future, uh, hopefully in the future, really, that, 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 that will be the case. Clickster Clickster says, uh, and hopefully I said that one right, because I had to say it twice. Apparently, there is no maximum or minimum rate to carriers. Business margins dictate rate to shipper. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the ball to it. But the same works the other way. I mean, if you were back here, what, when was that, Kevin? At the bottom of the freight cliff, shippers were certainly uh, dictating the April. Yeah, 98 cents a yeah. mile. So shippers were certainly dictating the rate. It works both ways. And the same bad habits persist on both sides. And we're kind of hearing the same side of the story. You know, everyone's kind of we're, we're not the best business partners when things tend to work in our advantage. And that goes for both shippers and for for brokers or carriers. You know, there's there anytime the market it gets hot or it gets cold. There's a lot of opportunity for people to be leveraged depending on which side you're sitting on. And I think that's what we see in, in historically in the trucking market is that whoever has the upper hand or the hand, as George Casanza would say on Seinfeld, right? Who's got the hand in the relationship, they are going to take full advantage uh, because they think that that's going to be a long-term trend. But what we see is like every 12, 18 months, sometimes like in 2020, every three months, there's a huge swing in supply and demand. And that that's what creates market pricing. Uh, but, but, it goes over and over again, whether you're a shipper, freight broker, or carrier. Man, when things are in your favor, you're going to take full advantage of it. And when things aren't in, in your favor, you are going to cry and whine about it. And I, I just see the cycle playing out over and over and over again. Well, that makes a great, a great segue into looking into your B team. So we talked about your trusted carriers. We talked about the load boards. But then you have your network of carriers that you do not use as frequently. They may not be your trusting partners, but you've used them before. Um, now, that past behavior that you exhibited to them can, you know, it might, uh, how receptive they are to you returning to them is, uh, is going to be a big, is going to play bigly into this one. And also, I mean, some of these partners that are in your existing network, you might find them within, within your CRM. You know, we pulled this low before, you're getting really desperate for carriers, but there may be a reason, right? And it may not be in the notes, but there may be a reason that you're not using such and such carrier as often. What do you have to say about the existing network of carriers that you may be able to pull from, Kevin? So the existing uh, list of carriers uh, in, in most freight brokerages network, whether you go out to your, your shipper clients and say, we have 20,000 carriers on network or 40,000, 50,000, 80,000, whatever that number is, 80, at least 80 percent, you know, it all every system follows a Pareto rule. So at least 80 percent, probably 90 percent in a, a lot of freight brokerages, those are one and done carriers. You might have used this carrier three years ago. They're still in your system, but you have no idea what they do other than maybe that one lane they ran for you three years ago, which gives you no information about whether they're still doing that, whether they're still in business, really, whether they're still doing that lane, whether that's uh, a main lane for them or they're just trying to get out of trouble, uh, get back to uh, where they usually operate. And it was a desperation load. You have no information about that. And you have 10 percent uh, of carriers that are they, they probably do two or three loads for you here and there. 
And then you have that that much smaller percentage that is at the top of the list, right? That that valued partner, that go-to carrier, that or your power users, just like uh, any other system. You know, you have the Robinhood, you have the power users. eBay had the power users. You have the power sellers and Amazon sellers. It's the same principle and same philosophy. Chris Jolly says, have detailed notes in every carrier profile. Now, I've, I've worked in a few places that, uh, you know, sometimes there would be there would be good notes and other times there would just be that uh, wasteland of uh, CRM notes, which are uh, completely dependent on how lazy the person is entering them and um, how diligent they are in doing that. I wonder how many of you in the comments, do you have very detailed carrier profiles or are they kind of just filled in as you go? There's not really a process to it all. And then, uh, you know, at crunch time, when you open up, you're not really sure what you're seeing there. Be honest, let us know in the comments. Chris Jolly also says, not a selling point, having a 50,000 carrier network. That's almost as bad a selling point as sort of that uh, that TQL-ish model where they're like, oh, we're good at everything. We, we can move everything. Mm-hmm. You know, just let us book your loads. Just let us book your loads. I have to make 100 cold calls today. Please, goddammit. I mean, please. Uh, sorry, I, I am not allowed to say that word. <laughs> please, dang it, don't, uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> And what you see in a lot of freight brokers is they really don't have very good information on on their carrier network because things do change. And it's one of the reasons why I started a carrier list in the first place is I, I needed that information to go out and cover loads. And all freight brokers just do. And that's the reason why we, we keep calling the, the, the carriers and, and getting really detailed notes. And, and that's the whole philosophy behind that. Thomas Smiley says, the excuse that you're constantly in is I just don't have time. Yeah. I mean, that's in terms of the notes, but I mean, that's the same, that same fundamentals like applies to almost everything in, in that goes into a CRM. You know, the person who says they don't have the time to put the carrier note information there, they also don't tend to put great client information, right? They don't tend to put great account information. Eric Serta says, CRM notes are often hilarious. I call our guys out for lazy notes all the time. Yeah, Eric, do it. I mean, you got, you got to call people out on that because if you let it persist and you create a culture of it persisting, then you're just going to have that CRM wasteland. You are, yes. I, notes are very important, you know, and it does take time. It takes uh, presence. It, it takes effort. Uh, and you don't get that immediate result. And that's the reason why people don't really like to do it, because you don't get that immediate uh, sugar bump, right? Of, you know, I, I do this action and all of a sudden I get rewarded for it. Uh, it takes years sometimes or, or months, or maybe you don't even see a direct correlation between the CRM notes or TMS notes and the outcome, but they are tied in there together. And it's very important to, to document things, have really good notes. Nicole Barrett said she had a boss get upset. She kept too many notes. You know, let's find out what Jake McLeod has to say. We've been rambling long enough here. Kevin Hill, no one wants to hear us talk anymore. Let's, let's call the expert up, the man who's got the mayonnaise on both sides of the buns. It's uh, Jake McLeod. Let's, uh, let's get inspired. <laughs> Seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence starts. 6, There's 5, still. 4, of negotiation. 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Yeah, we got liftoff. It's Jake McLeod. He's the CCO over at RPM. Jake, thanks for jumping out of the comments and onto the air with us on Put That Coffee yeah. Down. Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome to be here. Hey, before I forget to do it, because sometimes I do, we get so excited to just start rapping. I, you got to do your elevator pitch, so you got 30 seconds. I'm going to hit the button on the elevator, just sort of introduce <laughs> yourself and what you do, brother. I'm hitting it right now. Yep, I'm uh, the Chief Commercial Officer at RPM. We are a non-asset-based logistics provider out of uh, Detroit, Michigan. We move uh, 
anything you can imagine, dry van, specialized, uh, finished vehicle bulk, um, focusing on the uh, the customer and care experience is my role. So happy to be on here to talk about uh, the other half of the equation today with y'all. Wow, man. You're uh, you're Michigan Wolver. You're a big TB12 fan? I'm a big what? You're a big TB12 fan? You're a Tom Brady guy? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm a big Tom, uh, Tom Brady guy. I got a couple of good uh, draft picks from, uh, from Tampa Bay here uh, this past <laughs> weekend on my fancy draft, too. So I'm excited. Ooh. All right. Well, he's making it happen. Well, you've got, a, you've got a lot of experience in this. So let's talk a little bit about, about going about carrier sales. And I think that the best place to start there is understanding your, uh, your carrier's needs, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, what what does the carrier want? What are you going to put in front of them? Are you putting a bunch of garbage out in front of them? And that's kind of what a load board is, or you guys kind of mentioned that a little bit, uh, is about being the Wild West. Everyone's posting everything. Um, when you search, you're kind of searching everything. Carriers tend to post the same truck all over the place, and you have some brokers that will post the same load all over the place versus why don't we be a little more strategic and thoughtful, understand, uh, maybe build a database, talk a little bit of CRM data. Um, if you have a good rep and he's, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, um, you're going to understand that carrier wants, you know, Detroit to Chicago every Monday, Thursday, Friday. And, and maybe you even understand the context why, um, because they have a customer that they need to back off for, or maybe that driver wants to get home every weekend or whatever it is. And when you can contextualize it, allows you to build a relationship and allows you to help grow that carrier, that carrier relationship. And then that capacity is captive to your customer, your, your company and no one else is out there getting it because they're not out there posting. Yeah. I see that, that quite a bit. So, so if we go back to load boards, I, I see a lot of times and, and I did this all the time as, uh, as a freight broker too, is I'm just like, let, let's just cut to the chase and talk about rates. I, you know, I don't care or not that I don't care, but I skip over the part of, you know, where do you guys usually run? Is this this person just calling the, this post to, to, to get out and, and just, uh, you know, you, you don't know what the, the mentality or the psyche, the Sigma Ford kind of approach that we talked about earlier uh, on the carrier in the beginning and you start talking about rates and it just kind of derails from there. So it's important to, to find out even before you start negotiating what that carrier wants to do, especially if you if this is a, a stranger to you from the, from the load board, right, Jake? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, sort of the, the, the day-to-day, the spot, the, the load board, you know, the negotiation kind of gets oversimplified to brokers want to pay the least amount and carriers want to get the most amount. And I don't think that's completely fair. Um, you know, I think the brokers want a good service, pay a fair market rate for it. And I think carriers want to be compensated for, for their time and effort that's going into it. And again, when you contextualize what's involved in it, are we, are we helping that carrier? Are we a one and done? Am I going to put them through a, a whole vetting and sign up process just to use them once and never use them again? Does that do anybody any good? Um, you know, I think there's just a little bit deeper relationship that can even be uh, found on a load board, right? But you have to spend the time um, to understand mm-hmm. that carrier just a little bit more than, than you normally would just, you know, slinging freight or posting freight as they like to call Hey guys, I have a question for you. This is this was brought up in the comments, and uh, you might have a, a a good answer to this one, Jake. She's uh, Catherine Kark. She says, "But if you have eight hundred carriers, how do you remember what notes you put into carrier notes?" She uses uh, a send TMS, and she said there isn't a way to search or see your carrier notes effectively besides opening each carrier file. Yeah, I can see how that could be. Uh, 
that could be horrible, right? Uh, is there a system you suggest that would be quick to search your carrier notes or or to score them or to prioritize them within your system? Uh, do, do you recommend something for that? You know, I don't think there really is a great off-the-shelf carrier CRM. Uh, you know, and that, that's probably a problem because no one's really thinking about this, this issue. Uh, and it really is because you're nailing it, right? I've seen people use Google Docs that are shared, Excel spreadsheets. Uh, Word document. I mean, it gets bad, right? So, so it's something that's not thought of. You know, we uh, we use an actual like customer CRM, just the same as you would keep track of customer notes and your activities. A customer, we're doing that on the carrier side too. Um, it allows you a lot of uh, you know flexibility to search, but it's expensive, right? You're talking about a, a national, you know, or an enterprise level piece of software. So, um, I don't have a good answer for you in the comments. Sorry about that, but but I understand your plight and uh, it's tough, and I get it. And, and I think we do have a, an answer for 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 Jake is that uh, you, and I think you answered it is there's no really great off the shelf product where you can do really good searching on your carrier network. You know you have TMSs where you can do do and I, I've used two or three of the the, the big TMSs and and those are, you know the the searches aren't aren't really that great and I just don't think there's a, a really great solution out there. No, I, I would agree. I mean, you can get pretty rudimentary, right? You can search mm-hmm. well. Yep. I, I know the origins of the carriers, right? I know where they're based out of. You know, maybe that'll give me a leg up. But yeah, no one, no one's thinking about this too robustly. Um, you know, it, at least from the uh, the off the shelf solutions. A lot of the more successful brokers out there, they've built something from the ground up, or they've adapted. You know, other software out there like we've done with uh, with the customer CRM and just using it as a carrier CRM as well. Yeah, Nicole Barrett says when you mm-hmm. use carriers over and over and invest time, you'll start remembering who they are and what they're good at. That, yeah, sure. But at the same time, when you start scaling up and you have a lot of people in the organization, new new salespeople, new dispatchers, all those kind of things, that's when all that information starts to become a lot more unwieldy. Maybe this is a great opportunity for some entrepreneur in the comments to really make that carrier CRM that really drills in and gives people that functionality that they need uh, other information you need though, yep. when you're, when you're negotiating, when you're trying to do these carrier sales is you got to know current market conditions, right? You don't want someone calling you up, offering you some ridiculous, you know, some ridiculous rate for th- that is totally against what the market's going at. Talk a little bit about how you get intelligence on the current market, Jake, and how you use that in your approach to these carrier sales. Yeah, of course. Right. You need, you need to understand where, where the world is, where it was and kind of where it's heading. And especially right now, right now it's a super hot topic. Right. Um, but you know, we're, we're subscribers of Sonar. We look at the outbound tender rejections. We look at, um, you know, the, uh, you know, the lane level, um, detail, what regions are hot, what's going on, read a lot of, uh, you know, news and transport news and journal commerce and everything to understand while we know, that there's a huge influx of northbound freight out of Mexico. So the border towns in Italy are going to be red hot uh, imports coming in from overseas, finally starting to flow. So we know the, you know, the port cities, especially the West coast are exceptionally hot. Um, and how do you stay in front of that? Right. Because uh, there's a, always a lag between when, when you may find out it may be too late because you still have a rate from a customer that was good a week ago. Um, and you're out there trying to sell it to a carrier uh, who who is very close to the freight and they are real time knowing that yeah, you're 30, 40, 50% under market. Uh, it puts you in a really bad spot. Uh, you know, so you either have to make a business decision at that point to pay the piper to make a move or have very tough conversations with your customer. 
So, so Jake, on the, the market insights intelligence, say this, the sonar data, you know, the, the OTRI, the OTVI, and, mm-hmm. and the changes to that, is that something that your carrier sales guys, uh, you know, negotiate uh, and, and have that knowledge themselves, or is that something they're educating the carriers, and that's part of the negotiation, sharing that information and, and showing, you know, the, the carriers, this is what the market's doing? Yeah, it, it pulls both ways, right? So we have a, an actual business intelligence team. They're well in tune with everything. They listen in every day of, uh, you know, the, the morning news. Um, they, they see the, uh, the research every day come out and they're communicating with the entire carrier sales floor and the customer sales floor. Um, so that both sides can react, right? The, the customer side needs to be informing their customers of what's going on. Um, they need to make sure that they're getting the appropriate rates and the loads because oftentimes carrier sales is beholden to what customer sales has in. Right, we have max pays and rules about what they can spend, um, and if the the half of the organization is uneducated, it, it starts to fall apart and puts the carrier sales in a bad spot. So, the uh, you know the the team on the carrier sales side, they do a good job of when negotiating with carriers, letting them know the the you know the market conditions, the trends, where we're coming from. Um, are we going to have more freight in that area? We may have uh, been able to you know help leverage uh, a new account because of the changes in the market. Uh, we can get more inbound to the the border towns now, and that maybe help them out quite a bit and help us buy a little bit better than you normally otherwise would if you're just trying to move one load. Jake, what's your process for negotiation? I understand this is this is big, broad, you know, topic. It it, uh, it depends on on who exactly you're approaching. No, no two supply chains are the same, and all of that kind of stuff. But what are some fundamentals you could impart on us here when it comes to negotiation? Because if it was easy, we'd all be great negotiators, right? Yeah, no, it's certainly not easy, you know, and, and like I said, at the, at the top is right. I think people oversimplify and just say, well, you know, the broker wants to pay as little and, and the, the carrier wants to get as most as they can. And I don't think that's really true necessarily. You know, I, I think you have to start out with, you know, telling them what the freight is, right? What, what are you getting yourself into, Mr. Carrier, Mr. Driver? Um, is this going to be simple? You know, one pick, one drop, no touch, live, live, right? That's the, that's the line, <laughs> you know, you do when you're calling off all the stop boards. Um, or is there going to be a lot of uh, work involved? You know, hey, it's going to be a four-hour load time. There's going to be lumpers. There's going to be a sort and seg. Um, what, are, what are you sending your driver into? And, and, you know, I remember this topic was very popular a couple years ago, 2018. But the notion of shipper of choice um, was a very big thing we were pushing and talking to our customers about. And I think that's more than ever now, right? Carriers will tell us, uh, oh, this is going into this facility. I'm not interested in that load or... Uh, yeah, I'll do it, but I need 300 more dollars just because it's that location. But I, but I think setting yourself up for success at the beginning of the negotiation, right? Letting them know what's involved and then offering a fair rate for all that's involved. You know, you're in the respect of a carrier um, or, or driver versus going in, just lowballing and, and playing that game of I need a thousand. Now I need 2000. And then you inevitably meet up somewhere that nobody's happy, probably. Exactly right. And you make a really good point. You know, you, you describe the load, you describe what's going into it, you describe the market, you know, the, the market intelligence. And that's a, that's a much better anchor for price than going in and, and lowballing, you know, setting a, a lowball anchor for, for, for the load. If you set that the anchor based on that, that, that knowledge, that market knowledge, load specific knowledge, I, I think you can negotiate much better pricing and add some value that that's not necessarily monetary uh, to, to, to really lower your spend or your transportation spend to, to carriers and add more value at the same time. What are your thoughts on that, Jake? 
No, it makes perfect sense, right? I think, you know, and if something's changed too in the market that you just don't know, right? We're not necessarily the pros at every market anytime in any given area. So when you're talking to a carrier and you're kind of explaining, hey, this is what I'm going to pay, this is blah, 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 blah. Um, and the carrier blows you up with some crazy rate. I think it's fair to say, you know, what what's happened? <laughs> you know, what's going on in this market to drive the rates this way? So it's a little bit of a two-way street. You're getting some intel from the carriers that do. And, and generally, I think they're, they're pretty honest about telling you, well, hey, um, you know, there was uh, whatever, uh, you know, a fire and that's led to a boom um, from FEMA out of this location. And now we're, we're getting offers of $5 a mile going all over the place. And you thought your 280 a mile was a good rate and it was a week ago, but that's fundamentally changed now. And, and you're sort of in a new world and it'll be short lived, but this is what the market now is demanding. Um, and, and I think that's a great two way street informing carriers about what you know. And then also getting that information from your carrier partners. Jake, we've done an episode on this before and avoiding that that rate race to the bottom in negotiations. How do you how do you be, you know, I want to say disagree without being disagreeable. How do you do that during a negotiation? So you don't you don't ruin the entire uh, the entire stew by pushing back, but you also don't get driven down too far in the rates. What methods are you using there? Well, I think you have a lot of market knowledge, like we talked about, but you have a lot of historical data. Um, and it's hard to push, you know, or at least have a carry push you down into oblivion, right. Or up into oblivion when you know, Hey, we've moved this load 500 times. They, I, I've got, you know, 10 other carriers I'm going to call what, like, unless there's something exceptional going on, I got to understand your reasoning and, and then maybe just be the wrong carrier. Right. I mean, all, all the carrier sales is trying to do is identify the, the right truck at the right place at the right time for the right price. Maybe it just was the wrong truck. This isn't the carrier for you. It is not lining up. Um, I'll try somebody else. Now, if I talk to 10, 15, 20 carriers I've all done in the past and my rate is, uh, you know, at the bottom and they're sky high, obviously something is going on that we're not aware of and we didn't make adjustments. Um, but there, there's not a, it's not the right load for every carrier, but there is a right carrier for every load. I certainly agree. I mean, that, that's a really great point. Well, let's talk about non-monetary you know, non-cash value adds that you can include. And one of those is a quick and simple onboarding system that there's other things that you can do. You need to get a little creative in, in building those processes, but that can save you money at the end of the day. Right, Jake? Low friction. That's what everybody's looking for, right? If they want to work with me, there's so many brokers, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's low barrier to entry, right? So, they have a lot of options to take a lot of loads from anybody they want. So how do you make your process so frictionless um, that it's easy for them to get set up with you? It, it's very simple. And then how, like you said, how do you add some, some value? Or do we offer a quick pay program where we can pay them in, in three days? Is there a fee associated with that or not? Do I give them access to loads that they wouldn't otherwise have access to? Um, you know, you kind of mentioned it a little bit on your show. You have your favorite carriers. Well, how do you, how do I become that favorite carrier getting the gravy uh, how do I get those those cherry loads from you, RPM, if uh, if I'm not building a relationship? Well, the only way to do that is maybe take some of these, and then we'll always give you visibility, and you have first shot at taking this great freight that you really desire. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to get creative. Um, you really need to build value for the carrier and prove why you're a better broker partner for the carrier than just anybody else on the block. 
Guys, one thing I'm noticing more so this year than I have ever before in supply chain is companies, brokerages like PDQ America with their Trucking for Millennials podcast. They're starting to, so they're brokers, they're, they're moving freight and all this stuff, but they're also starting this content marketing arm. And a Tyler at Diesel, Diesel Laptops does as well. And they bring customers on and potential customers and they, they interview them and highlight them and do case studies and those kind of things with them. I think that's one of those smart value ads that may not make or break a deal, but definitely helps fortify that relationship and especially helps the next time that you come to the table. Is that anything RPM has? Has considered? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've talked about um, how to get involved with, well, like shows like yours. So we're on there. There's, I can check a box for, uh, for our management team. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think creating our own content, we have a great marketing team. Um, they, they put out a lot of good content. We do a lot of SEO um, type stuff, uh, articles. And I, I think it just shows that we're in tune. I, I want to say that we are not only obviously advocates for our customers, but we're very strongly carrier advocates too. We do believe even when we go into a customer, and what we call the win-win-win, right? It's got to be a win for the customer. Obviously, got to do business with us. We, we want to make it a big win for RPM, obviously, right? Got to keep the lights on, keep people employed. But it has to be a win for the carrier side. You know, they have to want to do business with you. It has to be profitable business. We want to help them grow, reinvest. Um, so, so we do a lot of carrier advocacy the way, way we look at it. So, yeah, the more content we can put out, the more involved we are, the more the carriers can look to us as a resource, uh, the better. And, and I think that uh, that is something we're going to definitely keep pursuing as we move through here. You know who at RPM does really good content on LinkedIn? I see it all the time. It's Mark Horowitz. I think he's oh, yeah. uh, director of sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always on LinkedIn, always throwing out sonar charts. They're, they're, they're great, great market information. So uh, kudos to, to, to Mark. Uh, let's 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 switch gears a little bit and talk about RFP. You know, bid season's coming up. Mm. Uh, you know, what's a good carrier sales strategy for, you know, when you, whenever you get a bid on 20, 50, 100 lanes and how to kind of take that out to your carrier network and get their, their, their buy-in and participation? I think most people realize, right, this market doesn't last forever again. I think you mentioned earlier, it's cyclical. Uh, I think you, you threw out 18 months, but... It could be six, it could be 18, it could be 24. And, and I've been in the game since about 2007. Um, so I saw the biggest crashes and then the largest uh, rises. And, you know, you can't predict the future. Um, but I think we're in a stage that we all agree is going to last probably uh, at least till Q1. Um, but you got to set that expectation with the carriers that, hey, I have the freight, I'm owning it. Um, it's going to be here for you. Let's set a fair right now. We know that the spot market is, is out of control. But what do you need to be at to run your company profitably um, where you're not missing out on opportunity costs, but that you have a good partnership running in through next year. And there's obviously, you know, the broker has to uphold that too. I can't then go out and shop um, if the market crashes here in six months. I can't go out and shop that carrier uh, for a lower rate, right? So it's a two-way street. Um, there's definitely trust there. You're not going out to securities you've never worked with. Um, but you want to build that lasting relationship. It's the only way to have, you know, kind of any stability um, when you're, if you're going to contract carriers. And then the same thing on the customer side, right? How do you have, make sure customers trust you uh, to run the freight reliably? And it, it's got to be desirable freight. It's got to run the way that we all intended to run. If, if things are thrown in that are curveballs, it'll, it'll change the game. Um, you know, but if you have good, consistent freight, you're honest about what's involved and you can set a good rate that everyone can live with. There's no reason why you, you couldn't have a good RFP process. One of the struggles a lot of companies have is so you do the RFP, you find the carriers you want to use, but then 
they drop the ball when it becomes to the the onboarding process. And a lot of times that's because there's no internal process. There's kind of a disconnect what happens between sales selling uh, whatever the service is and then the actual mm-hmm. then the actual operation size. How does your team overcome that hurdle and get and get rid of that blind spot? How do you onboard? Yeah, so we, we bring in all sides of the business when we're onboarding, right? You have the whoever's doing the deal on the customer side. You have their operations team, account management team. We're getting buy-in from the care sales team, from the finance team, uh, making sure everyone understands. You know, we don't talk about accounting, but if accounting's unhappy with the deal, then, then we all have problems, <laughs> right? Um, so we, we get buy-in. We make sure we know operationally exactly how it's going to run so that they can sell to the carriers, right? The, the customer side can go out and sell a deal to anybody, right? You can, you know, the customers will you know, will come if you, if you get to tell a good story and, and have a good product. Um, but to the carriers, they want to know, well, you know, my in for three hours attention, what, what does it pay? You know, what, what other requirements are there? And if you're not upfront, you're not clear, you're not setting those expectations early, you're going to, you're in for a bad time, right? Cause the, the carriers are going to run it for maybe a week or two before they get sick of the, uh, the headaches that you're causing. And it's just not what they signed up for. So you have to be very honest, very clear, and very supportive of that carrier base. And again, just really being a carrier advocate, especially on the carrier sales side to work through those, those onboarding issues. And, you know, it's always, uh, it's always tough to launch a new account, new lane uh, for the first couple of weeks, but if everyone is in it together as a team, it'll work out. Yeah, you're exactly right. Frictionless sells, frictionless. So you want to get to that point where it's frictionless. I I have I have a question. You bring in new recruits, right? You send them down. You're going to train them to be carrier sales people. What is the most important part uh, of training uh, coming into the logistics industry and and certainly getting on the phone and starting to negotiate with carriers? Yeah, that's. That's a really good and tough question. Um, so I'm going to give sort of the, the cheesy answer. Um, but it is, this is a very much a relationship based industry, right? So, so no matter what, um, it is your word is, is very powerful. What you've done for somebody lately is very powerful, but people have long memories. Um, for as large as this industry is, I think everybody listening and in the chat there will agree it is very tiny. Everybody knows everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, they remember what you did to somebody years ago. And, you know, you can say someone's name and you either get one or two reactions. Uh, usually, oh, my God, great guy. You know, I, I can't. Yeah. Awesome. Stand up guy. Love him. We'll do anything for him. What do you want to know? Or you get the, why, why do you ask about him or her? <laughs> you know, and then there's really yeah. not much in between. So, you know, you, you really have to, to put that in people's heads that these are people on the other side of the phone. It's easy to disconnect the human to just a disembodied voice. Um, but it is very important to remember these are people and they're drivers on the road who are people and they have families and there's things they care about and are important to them. And you're trying to support a business here that are, they're making livelihoods off of the decisions you make every day as well. Uh, Some of the comments right here, Matthew Hall, maybe we got a little bit of ahead of him. He says, what do you guys mean about bidding on lanes? Jake, would you like to take that one? Bidding on lanes from uh, like from the uh, carrier side? I, I, I guess so. he says, what do you mean? What do you guys mean by bidding on lanes? He just wants us to to define that for him. Well, yeah, I mean, we have a uh, general process. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking like a like an RFP type bid, putting yeah. out certain lanes to, to yeah. carriers, you know, and again, you know, we're not blasting this into the entire world. I, we're going to go to the carriers we know want that freight first that are already in our history. So we we put together some good data. We know that the carriers looking for Detroit to Chicago, and, and we have thirty or forty of those individuals that are looking for that. That's who we're going to go to when we put a bid out, and they can you know lock it in. We'll tell them what's involved, the rules, how long we want it to go, when it starts, 
um, what our expectations are. And, you know, maybe we'll even, we'll help out with the target rate. I think that helps uh, clear the field uh, oftentimes if it's not a great fit for a carrier, but they're willing to do it. Um, they may not be at our target rate and I don't want to waste their time. And, and uh, you know, I don't want my time wasted either. Yeah, bidding on lanes. You, you want to find uh, your carrier partners who are, you want to identify the ones who are strong in lanes. You want to ignore the the companies that say they're great on every lane. Some are better than others. And the ones that you identify who are better, that's going to change the amount you pay too, because not all rates are done equally. And here's the thing too. This is why we advocate a lot of times for doing benchmarking and auditing as well, because you may get a great deal from a carrier on one lane and that might trick you into thinking they're great on every single lane. And then when you do the benchmark and you look at what that is against the market, you see that they're actually, you know, all the savings they're getting on one lane is being taken right right away uh, as the truck moves somewhere else. Yeah, no, totally. You, you can fall into that trap very easily, um, but you want, you want to support your carrier. Sometimes there's always a little bit of that horse trading involved in the carrier sales. Hey, do me a favor. Take this uh, maybe not so desirable one off my board, get it off my plate, help me out, help me service the customer and don't really hurt me on the rate. And I'm going to give you this gravy that you're looking for. So, so there is a little horse trading there and you need to be aware that that happens, um, which can get lost if you're just looking at data sometimes. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of horse trading going on in, in carrier sales and a lot of bros and sports and, and, and nicknames <laughs> and, and kind of a, it's a lot like trading, right? It's a lot like being a trader. You are trading transportation. You got the buy side, with the, which are the shippers. You got the sell side, which are the, are the carriers. And you're just trying to make margin. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's very transactional. But even in, in normal financial trading, is very transactional, but you have a very strong relationship with your counterparty. And it, it, that translates that, that analogy translates very well into carrier sales as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to follow up on a little end point there with the new recruit, because I was going off what you just said there. Uh, I think people need to remember to have fun. I think this is a, a, an amazingly fun job, fun career. I don't think there's anything else like it on the planet. Maybe, maybe stock traders in the eighties, uh, you know, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's always going to, it's a loose culture. It's fun. You're dealing with people, you know, it's salt of the earth people. Um, you know, again, you just got to understand the relationships, but like you said, hey, the, you told the funny story of the guy selling the kitchen sink earlier. You know, that's how conversations go. I still have the same conversation. You know, when someone gives me a rate, you know, hey, what, what brand of truck are you picking this up in? Is it Ferrari? Cause uh, that rate uh, is triple what I normally pay, <laughs> you know? And, and that's fun. Everyone laughs and, and everyone kind of, you know, there's like a wink and a, an elbow nudge and, you know, you, you have a good time and you're, you're kind of sharing in this experience of transportation logistics, which, you know, most rational people would run away from after doing it for a year. But <laughs> I've been in it for 15 years. I love it. And I, I can't imagine doing anything else. So that's uh, and if you're not having fun, you are doing it all wrong. Casey three says, thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Matthew Hall says right on guys. Jake, people want to learn more about you. Connect with you after the show. Where do they go? Uh, you can go to uh, rpmmoves.com if uh, you're a carrier and want to set up, rpmcarriers.com. Feel free to call me. Uh, you have my number there, and uh, you can shoot me an email at jmcleod at rpmmoves.com, and I'll uh, share that with everyone as well. Jake, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and I think the comment section did as well. Uh, Mark Horowitz is one of those members in the comment section, by the way. <laughs> so thank All you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Well, yeah, good good stuff out of Jake. I'm glad he came on. He's the one who suggested. Yeah, thanks, he's the sometimes it's the, getting on here is that easy. He's the one he suggested in the comments last week. Carrier sales, and we were like, "Well, Jake, mm -hmm. let's have you come on and talk about carrier sales." You see, you seem to have a passion for it. 
You do, and I, I actually I wrote an article. It probably won't get published until next week on sonar.freightwaves.com. If Adam Robinson is out there listening, maybe he'll publish it this week. It kind of recaps um, recaps carrier negotiations, and I also published uh, one on sonar.freightwaves.com. You know the the seven methods for covering loads that we covered um, before Jake came on. Exciting stuff. So we're going to give a book away now. It's that part of time in the show. If you have never uh, put book it in the comments here or told Kevin and I you want to be on the book drawing list, now is your time to do it. We're going to roll for this thing. Once you're on the list, you stay on the list until you win. So, Kevin, what's the book that we are giving away in this drawing today? So in this drawing today is Chris Voss. I don't have a copy of it. I think I sent out my last copy of it a little while ago, but it's never split the difference. It's the best best book on negotiations that you can probably find. It's uh, written by Chris Voss, used to be the head of FBI hostage negotiations, and it is it is it is prime meat for anyone doing carrier sales or freight sales of any kind. And the winner is number one, and number one is Amanda Miller. Amanda Miller, the first person to get on this list, and she has finally gotten this book awesome. on uh what is she doing now? She can do contract negotiations. What is she, Bruce Willis? I, I guess so. She can <laughs> she can uh, negotiate uh you know international terrorism deals after she <laughs> reads this book. <laughs> uh, I've noticed she's gotten a webcam. She's been making more online videos. So now that she has these, uh, this con- this uh, not contract, uh, yeah. What was it? A hostage. Let's give out another book. I got a book right up here from Mister Supply Chain, Daniel Stanton. Another book. Okay, another book. Another book. Another book. Okay. Let's, let's let's send out another book. Okay, let me roll again. Let me roll again. I'm in a good mood. Boom. And this time it's number twenty-three. And number twenty-three is Christopher Jody. Oh, Very good. Somehow we end up in the elevator too. Christopher Jody. So he got Mr. Supply Chain's book. A few shout outs here to people who reached out to us during the week in our comments. Eric Serta said the downside of a rapidly growing company is that I can't always catch you guys live, which honestly is the best way to experience PTCD. Uh, I recommend the podcast to all new agents I speak to. I love what you guys do, and I was lucky to find you guys early on. Well, thank you very much. If you are listening to this on demand, you can catch us live on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Freightways LinkedIn, Freightways Facebook, Freightways TV. LinkedIn is probably the, the method we recommend. We interact very heavily with the LinkedIn group. There's a great community going over going on over here. Uh, a lot of these people never knew each other before. Put that coffee down. They're connecting. They're they're making connections. And if you click the show notes, there's also a list of people you can connect who are friendly and receptive, right? Our Glenn Gary's uh, lead list. Yeah, so Glenn Gary's, uh, we'll post that out again on LinkedIn so you can subscribe to that. It's, uh, you know, it's our community or it's our network. It's everyone interested in, in networking and talking about freight sales. And, you know, this is a great episode. I'd love this topic, carrier sales, especially in this environment when you have Tinder rejects at, at 24, 25% right there at the top range of, of, of what's expected. It's a very tight market. And, you know, you, carrier sales is more important now than than, than ever and uh, this probably will continue for a, a few more months. Wayne Craig says, I'll be there. Sounds like a great hour. If you've been following Wayne Craig on social media, he's been a bit like Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Night Stalker, uh, just finding out some crazy videos lately, people holding guns, some accidents he was almost involved with. Bryce Anilowski... 
Bryce Anilowski, he says, can't wait to listen in live tomorrow. Keep getting after it, guys. And we'd like to thank him. He put us on some list of uh, supply chain podcasts you should listen to. Robert Boosie said he's always pumped for this. Hallie uh, Fazio, 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 if you're Michael Vincent. Uh, I'm just going to call her the Faz. Uh, She said she's pumped for this. Nick Romer, he's uh, Cebus21. He's been on What the Truck. Thank you for joining us. Kenneth Carter says, Freight Waves uh, has expanded my network from the beginning. Thank you. If you guys want to connect with us, expand your network uh, directly. Directly through us. You can find me on the Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D O N E R or on LinkedIn, same name, or Kevin Hill. Easy enough to spell on Twitter. He's Kevin Hill CL because he also does carrier lists if you're not familiar. We have Freight and Amis coming on today. I want to congratulate those guys. Uh, they got a brand new sponsor. You may have heard of them Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon sponsor yeah. Freight Nomics. I love Freight Nomics. They'll give you your talking points. They'll give you your talking points for how to attack the market. So you learn how to sell on this show. Then you listen to shows like that. You listen to Put That Coffee Down. I mean, you listen to uh, Great Quarter Guys, and you listen to What the Truck. You'll have all the news and all the information you need and the midday market update. That'll be here tomorrow at noon. And then Friday, of course, What the Truck. Kevin, anything else? I In Carrier Sales, when in doubt, just say bro. Hey, yeah. bro. Oh, Michael Neme. you don't know what to say, just say, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Michael Neme says, uh, stoked to see my hometown dudes crushing it. I remember trying to see if Barry Daniel Spillman shipped FedEx small packages back in 2016, so he's looking forward to this one. Patty on my calendar. Uh, Sean Hilliard might be interesting to check out if I have the time. Might be. Is. Is be. Uh, De- Derek Waycott says, awesome job, guys. Thanks for the insights. Daniel Stanton, great episode. Thanks, all. Daniel, thanks for the books. Take care, everybody. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive because when is expensive. I got expensive because when is expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah. Because when it rain and it pours. Yeah. And I'm ready for some more. Yeah. And I've been reading out of